This is NBA Storytime. I'm Jamil Johnson. I'm getting ready to hear a story about fighting all the way to the end. Even when you run out of bench, guys, hit it, the, the tape, hit it with your hands. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I know this show is called NBA Storytime, and you might have an adverse reaction to football, but just follow me here. This is for science. In 2018, the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints played an NFL divisional playoff game that would eventually be called the Minneapolis Miracle. Vikings quarterback Case Keenum heaved a Hail Mary. Keenum steps into it, passes, with defenders falling down around him, wide receiver Stefan Diggs ran into the end zone untouched as time expired, but that wasn't the last play of the game. Unbelievable! Vikings win it! For the point after, which is an untimed down, all 11 Vikings lined up, but only eight dejected Saints opposed them as the ball was snapped. While the NFL has a rule against having more than 11 players on the field, it does not stipulate a minimum number of players. A red card in soccer can send a player off, an ill-timed penalty in hockey can do the same, and the clock still marches towards double zeros. Basketball is not like that. Rule 3, Section 1, Paragraph A of the NBA rulebook states, no team may be reduced to less than five players. But one night in Cleveland in 2014, the Lakers managed to not only finish a game, but win with just four eligible players on the floor. Let's get one thing out of the way first. This Laker team achieved something notable that night, but they still sucked. Injuries derailed this squad. Kobe Bryant spent the first part of the season recovering from a torn ACL, and then six games after his return, fractured his knee and missed the rest of the year. Pau Gasol had a strained right groin and didn't travel with the team. Steve Nash was sitting for the second game of the Lakers back-to-back after playing the previous night against Minnesota and several pieces of his back were still missing in a Harry Potter-type Horcrux hunting situation. Jody Meeks had sprained his ankle, plus he ate too much popcorn. Jordan Hill strained his neck, and Manny Harris's 10-day contract had just expired. This left LA with the minimum number of active players to start the game against the Cavs. Eight, Ryan Kelly, Leslie Johnson, Steve Blake, Jordan Farmar, Robert Sacre, Kendall Marshall, shout out to Woodbridge, Nick Young, and Chris Kamen. Despite the empty bench, the game started off great for the Lakers. Wesley Johnson hits the short corner three. Wesley Johnson and Jordan Farmar were shooting the lights out as LA took a 21-point advantage into halftime. It was after the intermission where things began to fall apart. But the Lakers, with eight injured players this season, ninth when you consider the fact that Nick Young is in that group. Nick Young twisted his knee awkwardly and left the game. Young did not return. That left seven Lakers. Being so unaccustomed to playing a near-perfect game, Farmar's body went into shock and his leg began to cramp. He went off to the locker room to be iced. Just six Lakers now. Then Chris Kamen fouled out. The Lakers were still holding their lead, but now just had five eligible players with three minutes and 32 seconds left. 
but Robert Sacre had accumulated five fouls. Sacre took a blocking foul, his sixth and final foul, and he was gone. It's on Sacre. He's done. The LA Lakers down to five players. The game didn't end, though. The Lakers did not have to forfeit because the aforementioned Rule 3, Section 1, Paragraph A, has a clause that prevents teams from having to bow out. If a player in the game receives his sixth personal foul and all substitutes have already been disqualified, said player shall remain in the game and shall be charged a personal and team foul. A technical foul also shall be assessed against his team. All subsequent personal fouls, including offensive fouls, shall be treated similarly. All players who have six or more personal fouls and remain in the game shall be treated similarly. God damn. So one foul is like an eight point swing. Sakura could stay in the game, but he was not an eligible player. That sounds like something Big Pun would say. Any foul he committed would be a personal team and technical foul. He basically had to stand off to the side. You just put him in the game and don't you touch anyone. Yeah. If it comes to you, you just run out of the way. Somehow, the feckless Cavaliers couldn't take advantage of a walking foul and watch three minutes and 32 seconds tick off the clock, letting a team with only four players win the game by 11 fucking points. So why isn't this a strategy? The team's best player could foul out and still be allowed to play. But it has to be a perfect storm of injuries, of players being fouled out. Well, first there's fatigue to consider. A team must have no viable bench players for the fouled out player to remain eligible. NBA starters play between 20 and 40 minutes per game. Without being able to sit, those players who need to play all 48 would get tired. Tired teams get beat. Cavaliers are doing a good job of slowly working their way back into the game, wearing the Lakers down. Second, ineligible players are assessed a personal team and technical every time they foul, even on offensive fouls. Players who would foul out in the first place are likely to foul again, unless they rein in their style of play. So even if a team gets to keep their best player on the floor, it wouldn't be the best version of them unless they were willing to risk triple fouls. You really don't want to risk that with Robert Sacre. If I recall correctly, his goatee is a foul. Third, NBA teams are required to have eight active players at the start of the game. This means that before teams could get their star player back, they'd have to lose three to injury or fouls. Players wouldn't agree to purposely injure themselves or lie about their injury status, and to foul out three players is 18 fouls. At that price, it's just not worth it. Rule 3, Section 1, Paragraph A doesn't get invoked often. Since 2014, roster sizes have expanded to 15 players, 17 if you count two-way contracts with the G League, so it's even less likely for a team to find themselves with an empty bench. But somehow, the Lakers aren't the only team to win with just four eligible players. In fact, they aren't even the only team to have this happen in the last 10 years. The Warriors with Steph Curry in tow beat the Blazers in the final game of the 2010 season, playing Devin George and his six fouls for the final three and a half minutes. Doesn't it feel almost astrological how close those times are? So Devin George is back in and it's a two-point game. And he's going to stay. The Lakers aren't the only team to win a game with four on the floor, the first being Bohannon, but it seems like they wrote themselves into the weird NBA record books anyway. Maybe it was because they and the Cavaliers were so miserable that season and the game was a spectacle of futility. Maybe it was because, unlike the Warriors game, it wasn't the last game of the season. The Lakers game happened in the middle of the year. 
Maybe it was because 2014 was much deeper into the social media age and Chris Kamen laying down across the empty bench was so easily memeable. But the 2013-14 Lakers should be proud of themselves. They found a way to win with only four on the floor and one of them was freaking Robert Sacre. Thanks for listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. Kevin Shepard is our production coordinator and the only one who makes sure we all get on the team bus on time. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time. <laughs>